You may remember John Travolta saying, up your nose with a rubber hose. Well, with a similar concept, my guest today is saving the healthcare industry hundreds of millions of dollars. This is YPO 10 Minute Tips from the Top. I'm Kevin Dom, and each week I bring you insights from the world's top executives of YPO. All made possible with grants from Gazelle's Growth Institute, www.growthinstitute.com. YPO member Bob White has dedicated his career to advancing life-saving medical technology. After graduating with a degree in aerospace engineering, Bob started at GE working on jet engines for the U.S. military. He then earned his MBA at Cornell and quickly found his passion in healthcare. Bob has led a number of healthcare manufacturing and technology companies through acquisition and IPO. Today, Bob is president and CEO of Entelis Medical, which develops and manufactures medical equipment for the treatment of chronic and recurrent sinusitis through minimally invasive inflatable balloons. Stryker recently acquired Intellis, and Bob is now currently guiding the transition process. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Were you like actually a rocket scientist? I just I, want to know. Yes. <laughs> really? So that is one of the things that when I went through and got my aerospace degree, I, I did focus on aerodynamics and propulsion. So I spent four years at General Electric working on jet engines. And during that time, I started as a design engineer, then I quickly moved into production. I just loved being closer to the customer. Our primary customers were the military. So during the time that I was there, I actually became the youngest employee responsible for the assembly of one of the jet engines used in some of the fighter programs. So you got done with rocket engines and fighter engines into the medical field. You saw an opportunity there. You got the degree in business. What was the aspect of business that was interesting to you at that time? So for me, what I found intriguing was mergers and acquisitions. So I started off doing that right away when I had joined Eli Lilly's medical device group and spent about three years doing that, enjoyed doing deals and had the opportunity to then go help integrate and eventually run one for Lilly. So the area that I wound up focusing in on early on was therapy delivery. So IV solutions, IV pumps, things like that was where I focused. So how did you move from working inside the big company doing mergers and acquisitions to all of a sudden running companies yourself? Yes. Yeah, so for me, it started by getting involved in integration. So having done a few deals, the next step for any company after you've acquired a business is to then how to figure out how to plug it in. And so for me, what that meant was going over early on during one of my acquisitions and helping to integrate it into a business in the UK and England. That gives you a lot of experience broadly across a company. You see it in a challenging time too. So your hands are on all aspects of the business. You're seeing organizational change at its probably most intense time. What were the challenges in dealing with getting the old management to accept the new ways, dealing with the cultural aspects of that? How did you work through that? Well, it always starts with culture. And having been through now many deals over the years, including one that I'm going through right now with Intellis, it always starts with cultural alignment. And that doesn't always work. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's one thing if you're, let's say, a marketing company and you have your choice of buying various marketing companies and you're looking at culture probably first. But when you're doing devices, you're really looking for a specific patent, a specific science, a specific IP that may or may not have the cultural benefit that you're looking for. Correct. So how do you reconcile that? So it usually in medical devices starts with innovation because almost always that's what companies are acquiring. And typically that has to do with the pace of innovation. It starts with the technology and what it is they're acquiring. But then the next question is, how can we get more out of that? Where is it going next? Because 
inevitably when the companies are buying an alternative business, they don't have that capability. And the thing about medical devices that makes it a bit unique is the pace of innovation tends to be quite fast. So if you're not equipped to be able to not just acquire, but to maintain that, that can really be difficult. So do you see yourself here at Intellis as a steward, as a custodian, as a future forever? What is your perspective on the role that you take in a company like this? It's a great question and one that I'm excited. I guess I'd characterize my role right now as a steward and to a degree a custodian to ensure a good handoff to our new owner. We were acquired and the deal closed at the beginning of March and Stryker, large Fortune 500 company, acquired us. A lot of people thought I should leave on day one or would have expected that because <laughs> that's so common with CEOs. But what was nice about Stryker was, first of all, I think they appreciated that I've been through this a few times and they weren't eager to see me take off. I wasn't eager because I love the company. I like the acquirer a lot and I love our customer base. And so the way we sort of struck the arrangement was I'll stay around as long as I can be helpful to them. But my primary goal is just to help them as seamlessly as possible integrate the two businesses. I expect that'll take me into the fall or early winter timeframe. And then how do you go about looking for your next opportunity? Yeah, good question. So what I'll do, maybe I'll give you an example of how I got to this one because it really won't change. So I had a previous company that I sold to Medtronic, another large Fortune 500 company about four or five years ago now. And there are three things that I was going to be clear about in terms of my next opportunity, how to be a big market, how to be better for patients, specifically minimally invasive technology, and it had to take cost out of the healthcare system. Because if you're not able to do that in this environment, you're not going to likely be successful. And so what was exciting about Intellis Medical is when I got a call from one of our board members and said, I've got an opportunity. Before he would reveal the name, he asked me what were the parameters. And I said those three. And he said, I can check them all for you. And I said, great, then let's sign the NDA and I'll come take a look. That's likely what I'll be looking for again next time. Those things don't haven't really changed in my mind and if anything are more important today. You've spent time in the big corporate world. You've spent time coming in as the hired gun executive, and you've been on all sides of it, and you've certainly dealt with plenty of entrepreneurs. Do you think the innate passion towards a particular product or a particular segment gives that entrepreneur a disadvantage, let's say, over a professional executive such as yourself that comes in without a tie to that company or that project? Not necessarily. They both have great value. It depends sort of how you apply it. So what you love about the entrepreneurs is for the most part, they are incredibly passionate because everything they've done is invested in it. Their time, their money, their families, they're so deep in that they are gonna be passionate. Otherwise they wouldn't have gotten to where they are today. What they lack though often is the fact that they don't have those broader experiences as something proves to be successful over time. And some of them can go quite far. You see some amazing stories like Zuckerberg, for example, who's gone all the way to where he is today. But that's obviously a rare event. The experienced managers come in clearly with a much broader perspective. They're able to help identify some of those challenges, some of the needs that an organization may have, especially when you fundamentally transform a business, like, for example, when you commercialize. In the healthcare medical device space, typically commercialization occurs much later than when a company starts or when the innovation is going on, and the skill set required is quite a bit different. So ideally, you want to marry them up. And so, for example, at Intellis Medical, we have a number of our founders here most of them are sitting in the technical aspects of the business. They're awesome. They're wonderful. They're full of energy and they have extreme ownership over the business. However, they also know where their limits are. How do you guide them in your experience when you've made those transitions for those companies? What's the advice that you give to those entrepreneurs 
who are looking to make that transition down the line. Figure out where your guardrails are. The biggest challenge for a lot of entrepreneurs, especially those who've been successful, is they assume they can do it all. And it's great to have that kind of energy and ambition, but for the most part, a lot of them haven't. So if they can identify where their limits are, where their guardrails are, in terms of what they have experience in, what their know-how is directed at, then they can supplement that with people who do. Boards are usually very helpful in that, but a lot of times it's challenging because a founder entrepreneur thinks that they can do it all and they can't. Okay, Bob, it's time for the rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I am ready. What is your favorite question to ask when you meet someone new? I like to ask somebody, what are you most passionate about? It tells me what are they excited about and are they gonna be passionate about anything? Name three of your personal core values. Integrity, kindness, and accountability. Who has had the greatest impact on you as a leader? I don't have an answer for that specifically. I'd say that of all the people that I've met, I've learned a little bit of something from everybody. What is your favorite business book? Good to Great is my business Bible. What are you reading right now? Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. What is the one leadership trait that brings success? Responsiveness and ownership. What is the one leadership trait that kills success? Lack of responsiveness and not being all in. Name one daily behavior that will help a leader grow. Leverage something from everything you do, all of its learning. Name one trait that makes an employee valuable. Responsiveness. What's your strangest daily habit? Listening to classic rock after work is something I do every day. Any particular band? Led Zeppelin? Not so much Led Zeppelin. I love Journey, I love Cars, I love Kansas, Rush. What's the best way to show employees appreciation? Public recognition. Well, I'd like to recognize you publicly. Thank you so much for being on the show, Bob. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us today, and thanks to Gazelle's Growth Institute for underwriting this program. Learn more at growthinstitute.com. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing YPO member Nico Wyrobic, who shares how Mylar Balloons lifted her business to new heights. I'm Kevin Dom, and you're listening to YPO 10-Minute Tips from the Top. To learn more about YPO, please visit ypo.org.